You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And back with us again is Tom Lalonde and Nick Queen joining my wife, Samantha, and I at BowFest. Now, I understand we did a lot of episodes at BowFest. This is one of the last two, so we've got one more, and you don't want to miss the next episode coming out. That is with Nate Hosey and Michael Waddell. It was a ton of fun to sit down with them as well, but we dive into a ton of different topics, and you got to stick around for the end of this show because they tell us about a drive-by that they were involved in, and I'm like, dude, I've never been in a position like that in my life. I can't imagine what that's like, but on hunting-related news, I have partnered up with XOP. You guys got to go check out their products and use code NOMADIC because you'll get a 10% discount on any purchases store-wide. Also, I'm rocking all the XOP stuff this year. I just got saddles in for me and my wife, stands in for me and my wife, and I am fully ready to go for this upcoming season. Not to mention, I'm going to go hunt with these guys in Wisconsin at the beginning of October. I haven't archery hunted in Wisconsin for years. I'm talking, it's probably been a solid 10 years, maybe more than that, that I've got to archery hunt Wisconsin, and I'm really excited. We're going to go on public land. There's going to be a huge group of guys. You better believe I'm bringing all my podcast equipment, and we're going to do some more live podcast stuff. As well, Nick is going to be getting a ton of video content. I'm bringing my cameras up, my tactic cams up. It's going to be a ton of fun, and hopefully we get a couple big bucks on the ground during that hunt. So stay tuned. That's coming up in less than a month. But I've got season coming up here in Missouri tomorrow. If you're listening to this Thursday, the 14th, the day that it airs, that means I'm gearing up for tomorrow's opener, and I've got a ton of daytime bucks that have been showing up. Now, there was kind of a dry spell. I don't know what was going on. Obviously, it was a legitimate dry spell weather-wise, but all of my biggest bucks that I've been tracking that have been coming in uh, in front of the cameras almost every day disappeared for like 10 days, and they all recently showed back up without any velvet and a whole lot more bucks than just them showed up. In fact, I was at the property doing some work, uh, what was it, two days ago, and I had a 10-point less than 300 yards away from me in front of my trail camera while I was out there doing work, I was pretty pumped about that. Hopefully, I can make it happen quick because, as you may already know, we are selling that 25 acres. Also, if you're interested in buying 25 acres in Missouri, it's got water, sewer, electric already hooked up, a totally redone shop. I think it's a 24 by 40 shop with concrete floors, water, and electrical inside. We're selling it. And if you're somebody who's looking to build, it's a great spot. If you're looking to hunt, it's an even better spot. I'm going to be posting the listing on my pages, and I'm going to be posting some of the big buck activity that I've had out there this year. For being a small spot, I think it's going to be a killer property to get a big whitetail on the ground. So enough about all that. Let's jump into today's episode with Tom and Nick. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Now, we are doing a follow-up slash second episode with Tom and Nick because yesterday we kind of got hosed. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was just like everyone's frantically running around, dropping tents, putting oh, gear away. Oh, they heard it. <laughs> they heard it. It was a little band And in then the, the band's going. <laughs> yeah, the band's going nuts. We got side-by-sides. I mean, the only thing we didn't have is a helicopter laying yeah. in the parking train. lot next to us. <laughs> or drain, right. But yeah. we didn't get to any hunting or gear or tactics or we anything. We just started getting into it. And so, that's what I remember. I was sitting back at the hotel after, and I was like, we didn't even, we didn't even like. Yeah, I mean, what we talked about, I we all feel like has value, but it's like, yeah, but like if you don't give tactics, you know, what's yeah. all the, these single guys are like? I am not listening to this episode <laughs> at all, which is a bad idea because right. you could learn how to do it the right way exactly. before you even get married. Do it early, get it in the habit, you know. Yep. But hey, I, I get it. It's like you know, it's like where you were at when you know. So same thing. Yeah, I, I have, I have. Ladies message me on social media, Ooh, and they're like, sliding. they're like, oh, I'm the one that hunts in my family, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, my husband stays home and he deals with all this stuff, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you are the husband. And yeah. is the <laughs> it's like that. You I have don't a, say that because I'd probably get canceled. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 Wish him a happy Mother's Day for me. <laughs> right. It's like that one. Uh, what's that song? Can't bait a hook or yeah, yeah. By who? Uh, uh, Justin Moore. Uh, Justin Moore. Yeah. 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 That, we listened to that on the way up. That made me think of it. That's awesome. Yeah. So yep, here with those guys, and uh, we've now dubbed my wife Snowcone <laughs> Sam, <laughs> just because she has a snow cone. She was on that it's too right away. She was like podcast. Oh yeah, snow cone. Yeah, no. Oh, that was Dan. Don't even oh. let him fool you. He handed me. He's like, hey, you want to go get something? <laughs> he needs you, snacks for the podcast. You're letting them throw me Sam, under the bus. Sam is like, Sam. <laughs> oh, oh, now we're in us. trouble. He's now we're in trouble. This is going to sound so bad initially, and then I'm going to explain it. Sam okay. is like <laughs> Sam is like a pack mule. She yeah. has <laughs> to have a job. I kid you not. She has to have a job. I have to yeah. be doing if something. I'm walking, if we're walking, going anywhere, she has to have a backpack on yep. or be carrying something. Yeah. She just doesn't do well not you having something. Fidgety. So you you say, hey, could you do this? She's like, yes, yes I'm going to do this better than anyone's <laughs> I'm going to get you the best snow cone in the whole world as fast as I can. So, so you married for the right reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's great. Oh, she's girl, like, you a pack meal. Come on, home. Come on girl. <laughs> she's like a secretary. She's a sex secretary. <laughs> a sexy secretary. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to hop off this yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's even better because she's got her OnlyFans oh. uh, turkey fan shirt on. the first. Has I, anybody else I commented on that yet? Probably. So. No, yeah. no they just don't want to say nothing. They, they don't. They're like, they're like is they're this scared real? Of you. They watch you, they watch you run up that, oh, that yeah. wall real fast. Now they're scared oh, yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. The rock wall that, that'll be That video will be coming out here soon. We're working on that Yeah, where are they going to find it? Where are we going to see this uh, probably on XOP's TikTok, and then we'll tag we'll you or whatever yeah. thing. Yeah, we'll put it in Dan's YouTube episode too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah I'll send off. you the whole clip. You can have it. First yeah. YouTube video in like yeah. six months. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, thank you. Tom. See, thank if you. I had lost or anything, I'd be like, just don't tag me. Because <laughs> 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 no, y'all don't want to see that. This guy I from a totally different podcast. What a loser. No, I'm excited. We're gonna we're gonna talk hunting. We're gonna talk gear. We're gonna talk tactics. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many people. We talked about this right before the show. Like you can go in depth with tactics. Yeah. There's not a lot of entry level stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the lingo that we use as hunters, I can only imagine it sounds like a foreign language to people. Oh my gosh. You know, Easily. like you're like, all right, hey, listen, if this is your first year hunting, you need to go find a funnel. And people are like, 
like that you put oil in your yeah, truck with? Like, yeah, what are you talking do, about? Huh? You know, like we just use things as common knowledge, and it's like really to have information out there from the very get-go. Like, do you need a 6.5 Creedmoor? Do you need a 300 Win Mag? Do you need what rifle can you get away with hunting with? Mm-hmm. How can you how can you go to a, a bow shop and buy a bow on a decent budget? Like, what, what do you actually have to have? Because everyone wants you to buy the nicest, the newest, the biggest. They want you to have this much land, use this uh, food source, food plot, whatever. And I just feel like we overcomplicate it when there's a million and one ways to kill a whitetail. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And yeah, what did you say earlier? It's uh, simple, not easy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple, but it's definitely not easy. No. Agreed. Yeah. And there's – I think there's the, the first thing to understand – is trying to identify your priorities yeah. to, to me and, and who you are as a hunter, right? Like it's always been said and it's always been known too by the, the industry that hunting mature bucks is totally different than hunting deer. Yep. It's a, it's a, it, no matter what people say, yeah, you get the guys who go out on their five gallon bucket and shoot a, you know, Brown and 100, down, 170 baby. inch deer opening morning or whatever rifle. But so yeah, there's anomalies, but I think if you, to do it consistently, you have to understand, you know, there's, it's two different styles of hunting or two different approaches. Yeah. Um, and then once you identify, like, w- what camp you want to be in, it, as far as that goes, I think you, you can apply your scouting to that in that way, you know. Um, well, like, kind of what you're saying is, like, managing your expectations, especially mm-hmm. when you first start like the guys that you see on youtube have probably been doing it for a long time you see on tv they got it dialed they yep. even just being intimate with the property that you're you're hunting and knowing what the deer do what times of years and stuff like that like when you first start a lot of the times i feel like your first couple of years is learning the properties that you're able and have access to to hunt whether that's public or private yeah because if you don't know what the deer do you know what i mean there's you can't really apply into these tactics mm-hmm. or any tactic. You just got to learn the deer first. I think so. I so when ta- when we started talking about what we were going to talk about, I thought I started thinking back to okay, what did I do as a thirteen-year-old new bow hunter? Um, and I just I would the, I was we were blessed to have twenty-five acres in uh, northern-ish Minnesota, um, and I had we had the uh, kind of a rolling hill and it looked out into the neighbor's field and so i would just go up there and just literally just watch deer yeah you know and just for and just learn and you could sit i sat back below the crest of the hill and just sat there for hours to you know kind of to your point of like learning the property learning what deer do where they use like if they if there's any um con, like consistent Movement. habits that they have movements I think that is so big because, you know, learning like, hey, a lot of times they're going to come out in the lowest spot of the field. Okay, well, if you know that, then you can go apply that to what you're looking for and everything. And I think I think that's if we're talking about, okay, starting out, you know, basic high-level view. What What's the best thing I can start doing? Glassing. Go glass. Yep. Go, go just drive around into bean fields. If you can get up on a point and, and look a long ways – um, get you a good set of glass if you can get a spotting scope. Even there's a ton of really great spotting scope, sm- compact spotting scopes with window mounts. Yep. That you can get and use. I think doing that is is gonna set you so much further ahead because you can see what they're doing in 
unintruded environment. And uh, I have to say, like, a lot of guys take that as just, like, in the summer during velvet and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned from my dad is we drove fields and drove around and, you know, just had some music playing and binos on, especially as a kid. Like, that's the funnest thing that you can do as a kid. Oh, yeah. With your dad and look at big bucks and stuff. Can I use your binos? Right. Yeah. And but I apply that all like that is how I hunt all year, like especially on yes. public. I just drive around because the likelihood of I, I don't run a lot of cameras. I, mean, I use cameras. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not I, I'm horrible at being able to find uh, patterns with cameras. But I can watch a buck do them, you know, two or three times and fit or a buck or bucks or deer like you were saying. And I get that not from being in a tree stand trying to kill, but from being on the road or being, like you said, up on top yep. of a hill somewhere or looking over a clear cut or where, wherever yep. kind of habitat. And I, I literally do that from October 1st to January 20th. If I'm not on something immediate on a certain pattern for that time frame, I'm looking for it. That's scout, 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 scout. And then when you hunt, that hunt will be way more successful because of all this time put in. It's just like it's like practice for a football player yep. the reason there's so, the nfl guys are so good or nba or any professional sport is because they're not asking their body to do something it doesn't do on the week they practice the way that they're you know yeah and that's how i look at scouting is that's your practice of learning the deer and then the tactics the your your gear your how you want to hunt or yep. what your you know your tools that you're using can be applied after the this is i know the deer here okay now where can i get or be you know, look for funnels or, okay, I can't kill them there because the wind's never going to work from, and that's stuff that you learn through failure. Yeah. yeah. I think scouting is the number one tactic. Absolutely. For every, and this isn't just deer hunting. This is literally everything. If you can observe animals in their natural environment, you will understand them more. Yep. You just will. Without boogering them. Yeah. Yep. And you can do that from... 700 yards away you can do it from 50 yards away yep just depends on where you're at you know maybe you don't have a giant field but maybe you you've seen deer crossing this area a bunch mm-hmm. yep. get in there make sure the wind's not blowing straight at where the deer are going to be but just get in there stay still and watch and don't get me wrong i love trail cameras i run a lot of trail cameras i get good intel from them they're great tools but when you can see an entire 40 acre field Instead of 50 feet of it, mm-hmm. you can actually go, okay, I see this deer coming into frame all the time, but this is actually where he's coming from. He didn't even come out of the woods. He came from a different field. Yep. And you can just sit and watch. And I've started doing that. And it's one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. Like with a spotter, with binos, with whatever tools you have, even just your naked eye. Yep. Like just go stand out there, find a spot, get comfortable, and watch and see what the deer do. And it... Things get overcomplicated in yep. a hurry. Right? And I, I also think, like, I, so I was like everybody else, you know, you want to hunt, you want to hunt, you want to hunt, and I did that for years. And I think there's good lessons to be obviously learned in all that because you do learn, you get some of your mistakes out of the way, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think everybody's, you know, done that, right? But now the way that I hunt and I do so much scouting, like, I beforehand I'd get in a tree and then I'm questioning myself okay should I be here am I in the right spot what if he comes out of here what if he moves over there what and now that I do all this scouting that's not I know without a doubt like this is my killing tree now it might not be it might not happen you know what I mean but there's no second guessing in my mind when I get up in that tree that this it's gonna happen because I've watched it and the deer do deer things. Yeah. So it doesn't always happen otherwise it'd be really easy like we talked about (laughs) yesterday. Yes. It'd be killing not hunting. Right exactly 
But the confidence that I have, I'm not fidgety. I'm not paying attention. I'm not second guessing Focused. myself. I'm focused. I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm on. Yeah. I got my camera ready. I got my bow in my hand, and I don't care if it takes three hours to hold my bow. I'm holding my bow because I know he's gonna come down this trail somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that's. If you break down, so if you break down a, like an out of state hunt, like a week long thing, if you, in, in my head, if you spend, if you just go into it, be like, I'm gonna spend five days scouting and two days hunting and you just that's your mindset if it happens earlier it happens earlier but i think if you can if you can mentally prepare yourself to understand that the value of just strictly observing mm -hmm. as much with the least amount of intrusion as possible i think that will will really set you up um to, to also be there. And I had, so I had a thought. I mean, I think we, we ob observation and, and, and scouting is huge. So now that you've done, obviously you guys have all done that for a while. What are some of the um, consistencies or nuances? I'm blanking on the exact word that I'm looking for that you've noticed deer do for, and I'll give an example that are kind of that, that basic entry thing, hey, look for this kind of stuff and from what you've seen. And, and so what I mean, so for me and where, where we're at in Wisconsin, um, on, the, on the road thing, like crossing the road, a lot of what I look for is, okay, where is the shortest distance from woodlot to woodlot? And I say woodlot, but that, I mean, any, you know, point fingers, to point or yeah. fingers, like what, where's the closest point from from Good cover to good cover yep. is, I think, one of the, the biggest things that I've found that, that really is kind of as a starting point, yeah. right, to go and yep. look and be like, because you can look from a really high, if you got Onyx or any other mapping, um, you can pull that up and look from, you know, a few thousand feet up and be like, oh, okay, things pinch down here, you know, to your point, yep. the terminology. So everything kind of is going to wants to be in cover do you want to be in cover yep. as much as possible to it. As close, close to, to it they, right where so they can take two or three bounds and and be and out of eyesight from right them. so so that so like a finger to finger woodlot to woodlot as close as it can be that's where i'm gonna yep. i want to start looking and then going out from there or whatever you know and so, backtracking from there so What's where i start is? and i think anyone can relate to having a creek system or water I go to I go to creek crossings, and I'll, the biggest reason that I do that is because a creek's normally always wet. You're gonna find tracks, mm. yep. and on the side of the road, it can dry up yep. or off a field edge. Like That's you have old point. tracks, you're not really sure when they're there. But if I go to that, if I find a piece of property, I'm like, okay, I've seen a buck maybe hit a field or something, uh, and there's a creek running through there. I'm walking through that creek, and a lot of the times, if it's not super deep, I'm walking in the creek. It keeps my scent out of it, and I can walk through that. Uh, oh, what is that? Waddell. What's up, Waddy? Um, anyways, um, that, uh, the, that creek to me, I find so many big buck tracks. And I'm yeah. like, now you know. Like, to me, a track is, you can't mistake a big buck track. It's a big buck track. Now, that doesn't always equate to antler size, but I know a mature buck is in here. A large animal yeah. is walking around. Or this if place. you're on you the other end. You can't kill a big buck if there's not a big buck around. Right, Absolutely. Right, right. And I, but even on the other side of that of deer, like if you find a creek crossing and there's nothing there, and it looks like a creek crossing, you know, just a little ditch, 
and you keep walking, you'll find the one where it's like, geez, this is hammered, and there's mm -hmm. all kinds of deer. There's so many deer tracks in here, I can't tell what's a buck and what's a doe. Right. There's a great starting point. And then from there, I do exactly what you're saying, backtrack. Okay, where's bedding? Where's food? How are they getting here? Can I hunt this creek because of thermals or wind? And that's when all of the, I guess you would call like more advanced stuff start ticking off in my head. Mm. But a lot of my starting points is, like I said, from the road, I'm glassing. I find a, a deer or deer or, feet or a buck or whatever in a field. And if I don't know the area, then I'm jumping into creeks because I'll find a buck track Just somewhere. Walking. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. All right. How many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope, trying to untie it? It's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands because I obviously can't see you. But those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100-pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or... I don't know if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything, anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code nomadic for 10% off at checkout. All right, I get asked all the time, so here it is. This is a list of my go-to optics for the fall. First and foremost, I've got my Fury 5000 range-finding binoculars from Vortex. These things go with me everywhere, from hiking and floating trips to fishing trips, and obviously on every one of my hunts. I love these because I can basically replace two with one. I don't have to carry binos and a rangefinder when I've got it all built in to one awesome piece that fits right in my bino pack. Next up is my Razor HD spotting scope. Now this goes with me on all my western hunts and I keep it in the truck all fall if I want to glass a field or do some scouting on a current property that I have. You can't go wrong with any of the spotting scopes from Vortex but the Razor HD is by far my favorite and I'm excited to check out the new mini Razor HD. So if you want to see a list of the amazing optics that Vortex has, head over to eurooptic.com, that's E-U-R-O-O-P-T-I-C.com and enter code NOMADIC10 at checkout to save 10% off your Vortex order. Now, let's get back to the show presented by Vortex. I think both those are killer. I, my strategy is looking at cover, like you said. Yes. I mean, yep. because one, not only do I think, okay, a deer is going to feel more safe here. They're going to feel secure. I also have to have some more that I'm going to hunt. Yep. I have to be, I have to be hidden. You yep. know, like I'm not going to go stand out in a 40-acre mowed pasture yeah. and think that I'm going to have a buck walk up to me. Yep. Like I have to have a spot to hunt from, and I have to know where the deer are moving. And... On most of the properties that I hunt, it's actually, it just somehow worked out this way. I have a big body of woods on the south side of the road and a small finger of woods on the north side. Well, now I know 
this is the last spot that they can cross. Yep. Yep. And that's the funnel that we're talking about, right? It's just a concentrated travel corridor for an animal where yeah. they okay. might be in 80 acres and they have to neck down to a 100 acre yard or yep. a 100 yard wide uh, strip of woods. Yep. And it's like that right there, that's a funnel. And so I look for those points and then I go, okay, from there, where are they gonna go? Yep. And it's almost always food. Right. Right. So right. Thick yeah. cover that they we need food, in. water, and cover. That's what a deer needs. Yep. It, they, that's really, you can break it down on a basic level to that. And I, I kind of, a, I really like that. And that's how I take any kind of, I don't want to say out of state, but out of your normal area of hunting. Well, even if when, you're learning, like this is your first time. Right. You know what I mean? And you're learning your property that you've maybe been in your family for years, but no one's hunted. Or yeah. that you just got into it and you got the public land that's, you know, 30 minutes down the road. Like right. that's what I do is starting. I'll take it because we've got our, our October XO, team XOP hunt coming yep. up. Um, check that out in the coming uh on months. the YouTube, it'll be there. On the old YouTuber. Um, anyway, so obviously we're scouting for that now, yep. right? We're using Onyx. Um, in the exactly to your point of cover, I love to look at Onyx and zoom way up yep. when I'm like my first time. I'm looking like, hey, I know I want to hunt this general area for whatever reason. Look at Onyx high level. Okay, here's a piece of public. Here's a piece of public. This looks big, and I'll start with the biggest chunks. And, and go as high and then look for that cover. Like swamp, it's obviously, swamp habitat is relatively easy to see tree cover. Yeah. Because if you've got a cattail marsh, it's pretty easy to pick out lone oaks and or, or strip of oaks and, and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. And you get that a lot with the oak islands. So I think if, if, if that's the air type of area, or even if it's ridges, like using, looking at it at a high level and then thinking, okay, where's those travel routes so they want to stay in cover and the other thing to keep in mind deer live from zero to three feet they don't live any they don't live any higher than that because yeah. they're short is what you're saying they're very yeah. short yeah. but they also they're, they're they're not giraffes yep so you have to remember that so they yep. can't if you have high cover doesn't help a deer and they're right. not comfortable so they yeah. might move through oak flats and stuff like that but they're not going to be their travel routes are going to be in those areas of, of thick cover. Um, or right on the edge. Of or that. right on the edge. So I think starting there and then, and then hone, like dropping a pin here because you see there's like, to your point, there's a, a finger coming here, a finger. And, and when we say a finger, just a long, narrow chunk of whatever. If, if, if it's a ridge or if it's a, hopefully it's cover, ideally, right? Um, coming together and then. A third one, man, you got three three things coming together. Yeah. A lot Drop a pin there and then expand from there and look for benches and look for yeah. that kind of stuff. Do you, no. get, do you guys look for, like, odd features on the terrain or, like, in your area? Like, something that random that catches your eye? Because this is something that I do. If I'm looking out at a field mm -hmm. and there's just some weird thing, whether it's a small hill or a single bush on a fence row, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. it just like catches your eye and I'll find a spot like that and put a trail camera up and I'll get deer activity at it like crazy. I don't know what it is, but like you see something that's just different than everything around and there's almost a curiosity with it, with animals and people alike, where it's like for some reason, I go they just way. have to go there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, navig you think about navigating in the woods too, like 
going back to the swamp example, or and it really applies to anything, kind of to your point, fields, edges and stuff. If you've got a lone oak out in the middle of Cattail Marsh, even if it's like, you know, they want to get in a straight line, it'd, it'd be go just straight line, but it's off a little bit. Like my guess is they're going to use that and usually can see deer tracks, deer trails on Onyx through, through that kind of stuff. I just I think it's like to your point. It's just like man, let's let's start there because they're they're going to be able to see that kind of like a lighthouse yep. type of a tactic. And I think that's that's such a money place to start. And then because then from there you can once you dive in and be like, this is a general place I want to go. Yep. Kind of start circling and moving around. Yeah, one thing too that I look for um, like when scouting like that. Like I said, I've, I found my creek crossing or whatever. I'm thinking of the most creative access that I can come up with that keeps me concealed, quiet, and that on public ground, private may be a little bit easier because they're maybe not so used to humans and you can sneak up on them a little bit easier. But these public land deer, from what I, from around me and what I've noticed, is they really do set themselves up to kind of watch traffic come in and out. It's kind of amazing. And so I always think of, okay, if this is where the majority of the people are coming into this property, and that's private or public, Everybody parks their truck here, and they walk the gravel road. They hit their four-wheeler trail. They walk 20 yards down. The, like, them deer know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On private, too, they do. And so where can I come in and sneak in? Is there a ditch somewhere that I can – it might be hellacious, you know, or a mile of walk to get 200 yards off the road, but them deer aren't expecting me to do what I did. So when they get up, they didn't see anybody walking the normal trail, so they think they're free. Yep. When I was parked at the other entrance for a different piece of public, and I walked down the road, I actually, this is kind of goofy, but you know those little, like, hoverboards? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how many times I look like a goon bag in the, at night rowing down the street with my bow and tree stand on the little hoverboard to That's get awesome. That's brilliant. And I'll go down there, and I'll just throw my little hoverboard in the woods, and I've definitely fallen a few times. But <laughs> are, you, are you guys sneak in the woods type of people or sneak into your stand type of people? Because I have recently... And there, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Uh-oh. I, I've taken the approach where I book it. I get in there fast. Yeah. Like, I'm talking, like, All the borderline way. jogging to my spot. And I don't do what you're saying mm-hmm. as far as entry and exit. Yeah. And, I mean, it worked last year. I've only had, like, one real year of testing on this. Sure. Okay. But I'm like, I just book it. Because I, I watch. I've seen too many times coyotes, especially come out into a field with deer mm-hmm. if that coyote's just trotting across the field i'll watch the deer just sit there and look at it yeah they just watch it yep. it gets across the field they go right back to eating yep. mm-hmm. if i see a coyote sneaking across the field yeah. get busted every head goes up and they're starting you to hear yeah. <laughs> gone yep and they're just out they're like no not interested that's and an interesting I, take i think about it the I'm same as like Say you're at home, you live in the city, you're in a subdivision. Some dude comes jogging by. Looks normal. Think Uh-oh. about this. Some dude is just walking real slow, looking at everything. Lurking. Peeking into things. It just, there's some natural, like, predatory features Aspect that you that. have when yeah. you do that. Sure. And so I heard someone talk about it, and I wish I could give them credit. I heard someone talk about it. They're like, dude. I borderline run to my tree stand, yeah. and I'm, it doesn't matter how much noise I make. Sure. It's a quick disturbance. Sure. The deer might bump a little bit, sure. and then all of a sudden the disturbance is done, and they come back. Whereas if you creep in, they have that feeling that there's a predator nearby, yeah. and they're just going to leave completely. That sense that they have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, man, 
This is really, really interesting to me. See, so, I oh, go ahead. So I like that, but I so I'm something that I took a long time ago. I was a big Dan Infault guy, right? And I, if you're not, and you're not tuned into him. Like you, he's very, very, very smart. But for a long time, everything that Dan Infault said, and I just I'm not picking on him. Anybody that I listen to podcast wide, you know, whatever, what they said was law. Yeah. And I realized really quickly, and this was something maybe two, three years ago that I was like. Man, the deer just aren't doing that here. Like, yeah. not saying that Dan Infault's wrong, because mm-hmm. he probably, I mean, he spends just as much, way more time than I have in the woods, you know? Yep. But that tactic or that scenario just doesn't live here, and I thought it does, and I would be setting up and not seeing deer. It wasn't until, it's like, what I was playing off is what you were saying is, like, that's a good tactic to have in your bag for a situation. And then it's also just keep your mind open. If, if that's not working for you, even though you heard it or someone said something, okay, it's not working for me. I need to sneak. Yeah. Or today it's super windy. These deer ain't even going to notice I'm here. I'm gone. Yeah, and I'd be curious to that. So I can see that. I can see the logic behind that for sure. Yeah. But I've also, like the inverse of it, I've also, and they weren't shooters, but I've had the chance to sneak up on deer. Yeah. Or, you know, the rut I th- is my first thought is like, okay, the rut deer bucks are cruising usually all day, and they're moving around. So I'm not worried about being seen, yeah, or like the really movement of it, because right, because because like does and does are just sick of getting chased, and so everything's in as far as deer go, they're used to movement that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. So my concern would be missing deer because you because you are moving fast. Moving fast, but if I mean if you can be observant enough in a way, but I'm really curious about that now. Well, and I like that for the rut because I don't like and, and that's you. Okay, this is maybe my spot that I'm going to hunt, but if you come in cruising and you bump a bunch of bucks, there's obviously does somewhere for yeah. the rut. Now, I would say on the speeding into your stand, I wouldn't want to do that, let's say early season or late season, especially late season. Because now, like, maybe in a certain area, like, if I have to walk across a wide open something and I know, like, deer are probably going to see me if they're bedded close, because you're that late season bedding gets shorter and smaller and smaller as, you know, leaves get out and, you know, they only have so much of the woods now that they feel comfortable in bedding or, you know, whatever. But, you know, those time of years where deer are a little more, you would say, docile, they're chilling, they're just taking a nap or eating or whatever. Like you probably have a higher percentage of like bumping them off if you're not trying to sneak around them, you know. If that See, makes sense, that that totally makes sense. And one, I feel like one reason I kind of adopted that strategy is because I have like I, I don't have the option of using cover to get to yeah my oh. sanctuary. There is there's a 20 acre woodlot that's basically surrounded by bean field, right? Yeah, you don't and those bean fields aren't getting six feet tall, and I'm definitely not crawling on my hands and knees right. 400 yards. Yeah. Right, every time. You know, yeah. every time. Yeah. And I just don't have an option. I, I have nowhere else that I can stay in cover. Yeah. And my thought was, okay, that, if it makes I sense walk for that. there, I yeah. go, if I walk there and there's a deer, like, walking out, I'm, it's going to take me five minutes to get to my stand. Or I could jog there and get there in two minutes, a minute or two minutes. Now, that's 50%. Of the time that I would be spending, that means there's less of a chance that a deer's going to step out or see me from cover. If I can just hurry and jog, like, that deer might have his head down feeding the entire time 
that yeah. I'm booking it. Yeah. Whereas or if I'm if just they, slow poking all the way in. Well, like you're saying, you're going in fast. They pop their head up like, oh, shit, what's that? And then they watch you for a minute and they're like, oh, he's he's going that way. Well, you know what I mean? They watch you walk in the woodlot and then they're like, all right, well, he's gone. So and it's whatever. not like a turkey. I mean, I've done I've walked into my stand and walked out of my stand when there have been deer in the field. Yep. And if they're far enough away and if I'm not moving like a predator towards them, mm-hmm. they just almost don't care. Yeah. Right. Like, I've ridden my e-bike out before just checking trail cameras and the deer have been i mean they're not 10 yards from me but they've been 250 yards across an open bean field before it grows up that high and i just rip through on my e-bike and then i go out i get back to my vehicle load the bike up load all my stuff up start heading back home and i'll pass that field the deer are still hanging out there oh yeah and And even if you bump them for a short time they'll come back your speediness of that and they didn't have that lingering feeling yep guarantee they're going to step out run maybe 50 60 yards into some cover like we were talking about watch you from that cover then when you disappear they're going to give it five minutes lay back down and then an hour or so they didn't see you come back out they they're not smelling you then they're going to pop right back out into that i mean people use that bump and dump strategy yeah i do that a lot i I haven't done it yet that's my but i've seen people do it where it's like dude i just blow them out they'll they'll be back Mm -hmm. yep like they'll be like, oh, we got to leave for a minute, and then we'll come back. It'll right. be over. Well, and I think it's that that tactic brings so much value. Bump and dump. Yeah, because it's because okay, you find out where the deer are, you find out the the, the size In of the deer. In a guarantee, like that, you're not guessing. I think the deer's betting here. Right. Nah, I kicked him. I right. watched him take off. I think this time of year he's betting here. No, it's like no, this he's old there. boy is here yeah. now. Right. Um, and I and then you you know with that, okay, so he's here. My wind's doing going this way across yep. so can i swing around to the other side because they always the other thing to remember is is especially bucks i think any age actually i would say i would say bucks probably like three and a half and older mature are, yeah, yeah getting to mature bucks are gonna have multiple escape routes yeah and multiple areas for different winds um and so I think to keep that in mind, like, okay, if he got bumped out quick, had no idea what was going on, look at Onyx, if you haven't already, and be like, okay, where's, where's his potential going? escape routes? But then also, where's the next security cover? Yeah. And then circle around that, or however you got to, you know, straight so, to it or whatever, set up on that. Yeah. And so I have, an, I have, a, I have like, a, the, my bump and dump tactic that you're talking about, and this is kind of how I work this. So let's say I see a buck in a field or an opening or, you know, whatever. I've done the, the creek. I've, I've kind of figured out what he's doing, right? Well, from there, so how I take, like, on, like, let's just say, like, a three-day hunt or a two-day hunt or something like that. That first morning, I'm scouting, which is looking for fields. Maybe I'm already on this deer, so I know he's living in this woodlot or whatever. That first morning, I'm going in, and I want to be there at daylight somewhere. I'm not in a tree. 90% of the time, I'm not in a tree. I got my stand on my back, and I'm going in. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking to hang my set for that next morning. So if it's a Saturday morning, I'm trying to kill whatever I'm about to find that day. I'm trying to kill him Sunday morning or maybe even Monday morning. I'm trying to find a a, a place to hang that set. So I'd say I bumped that deer. Okay, I know he's betting here in the morning. Now I'd take that little bit of a wider approach. Where do I think he's at? that he's getting to here in the morning and where's the easiest place that I can kill him, whether it's in that bedding area or I know they take this creek crossing to get to this side of it. There's no other way to get to this ridge, but they're going to use these two spots. This is what the wind's going to do. The wind's going to be the same tomorrow. So I'm hanging that set to kill the next morning. 
and let's I've kicked that deer now, so he's at a different part of the woodlot or whatever, and that's where I'm looking at, okay, so in the evenings he's hitting this field, but I just kicked him out of his normal spot, so he's at bedding area. He's probably going to bedding area B with this wind. Where can I kill him? Because that's where he's going for the rest of the day. He's going to go bed down at his other bedding spot, and he's going to get up in the evening, you know, usual movement or whatever, yeah. and come into this field this way now. So that, So then that evening... I'm sneaking around to maybe two, three hundred yards away from where I hung that first set, and I'm taking my mobile set in, and I'm hunting that night to try to kill what I just bumped. Yeah. And then if it doesn't happen, or let's say I see him, like now I know for for Sunday night I need to be 200 yards this way, and so I'll get sometimes get down that night and go in and set that stand for the next evening, so then I don't have to walk in with my stand. And then that next morning I'm hunting that stand that I hung, and I've had now I've only gotten close and killed well i didn't kill i i never we never found the deer mm. but i've had the tactic work and i've had it work with smaller bucks and maybe the, he's was in that bedding area and a smaller buck came in the next morning but it's always really like that that's kind of my version of a bump and dump but mm. i'll also use that tactic as in okay this is a tree that i need to be in for this kind of weather condition and i'm not getting that weather condition until two weeks from now yeah. But I know I had the tree picked out. I know how far or how high I need to be to shoot in here, what time I need to be in here. Mm-hmm. And then let's say that next, you know, I have the luxury of being able to kind of hunt whenever I want um, after farming, of course. But and then I'm, you know, OK, next Monday, I'm going to have the same exact weather pattern. Mm-hmm. So I need to be here because he's probably going to be here. Now, the rut, you can kind of throw a lot of that out. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's probably going to be here on the same wind, same weather, same conditions. So if I know I bumped him on this weather condition, but I'm not getting it for a few days, I save that in my head. And I still consider that what I would call a bumping dump. Because yeah. I bumped him, figured him out, okay, I just got to wait for the right wind or whatever. Right. Now I'm coming back in here. Well, and using wind, and I mean, you even mentioned scent earlier. I, I'm curious what your guys' scent control <laughs> regimens are. <laughs> Don't ask me that. I well, <laughs> I, horrible. I feel like lately I've just had a super out-of-the-box approach to a lot of hunting because mm-hmm. I feel – I feel like from early on, everybody's kind of had the same idea, right? Like, this is how you need to hunt. This is the product you need to buy. They're pushing this. They're pushing that. And I started just going, man, I don't know. Like, I want to figure, I want to learn this for myself instead of just take somebody's word for it. And then try and apply it to your And so I completely abandoned scent control. Yeah, that's how I am. Literally 100%. Just got, got done with it. And I've even gone so far as to pick up almost like a scent masking strategy yeah of smoke yeah like, like smoke, fire smoke fire smoke mm-hmm. and it's funny because this lady i was probably a sophomore in high school hunted her property she had a 23 point buck a confirmed 23 point buck living on her property she'd see it every day cross her driveway from marsh to marsh <laughs> and we went there and i'm like dude i want to shoot this deer so bad we're talking to I'd her. I'd be concerned if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I, I was so excited about it. And then right away, I was like, man, this lady's kind of kooky, you know, like uh, something's off. Yeah. And she's like, I, I get a fire smoldering underneath my tree stand every day when I go out there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, who is this? And even my dad's looking at me like, this lady's wacko. I mean, this is here. back when <laughs> we were clipping on scent wafers, you yep, know, like yep, scent yep. to our hat, to our jacket, stuff in our pockets. In your bouquet. Yeah. Smelling like using, dirt. Using, yeah. yeah, dirt deodorant, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she's over here saying like, oh, yeah, the deer are curious. They're curious. She was probably in her 60s, maybe. The deer are just curious. They come over the hill and they 
come to investigate. And I'm like, whatever. Well, the more I talk to people, I talk to people, uh, even my brother, uh, he used to smoke a lot. He's like, dude, I smoke from the tree stand. And I was like, yeah, good luck with that, dude. Like, you got to have Ozonics. You got to have yeah. dead downwind. You got to have right. all this stuff. And he's like, dude, I smoke from the tree stand. I will watch my smoke blow straight to a deer, and that deer still comes in. Yep. And I'm like, ah, hmm. I don't know about that. So I start, like, researching this, diving into it more and more, and I start talking to Western hunters. And a guy that I really respect who, I mean, he's pretty diehard. He goes out by himself for a month after he sells his cattle every year, goes out west and elk hunts. He said, the first thing that I do is I get a fire going and I put green boughs on it and then I just hang my clothes over it. Yeah. And I he's got a like, couple buddies that, that he's like, dude, I, by that. he's like, I, I crawl into herds of elk. He's like, I've almost been stepped on by multiple elk. And he's like, they just don't, they they need to know. They need to know if the smoke is danger or if it's not. And so I'm like sharing that with another guy that I know that elk hunts. And he's like, dude, I've seen it multiple times where we get out and set up camp, like a spike camp in the backcountry. And we're not intentionally smoking our stuff, but we want a fire. fire. And we've had elk come over the ridgeline to look at it. Yep. And I'm like, this is, I mean, there were just too many people talking yeah. about this to where I'm like, I need to figure this out. And so, honestly, every time really I go cool. elk hunting, if I go to camp somewhere, if there's a fire pit or a fireplace in the house, I will stand right in front of it, cover my, cover my whole body. And think about that. Think about your worst day. You're out there sweating. Your sweat dries, you re-sweat. Your sweat dries, you re-sweat, and you just reek. Yep. If you go and stand next to a fire for 30 minutes, you yeah, will you never smell your BO. Yep. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. All right, if you're not using Tacticam's Reveal Cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt and not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. I sp- and I think like, biologically about elk out west 
there's fires all the time. All the time. So oh, they, yeah. to your point, they've got they're curious about it because they're like, okay, am I in, like you said? Am, am I, I in trouble? Oh, that is, yeah. that's something, old boy. Uh-huh. So I think you need to take that to the bank. My, take, oh, oh, go ahead. You're, you're good. I was just gonna say on all this stuff. One thing that's been huge is get you one of those right in the rain books and write just everything you see yeah. when you're when yeah. you're out. So that's so I again going back to like okay what's 13 year old Tom doing as he's getting into hunting and he's got all this time to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? So shooting bow, I shot every day. I set up a, a awesome range at our house and I shot bow every single day, multiple times a day. And I would just, I just loved shooting my bow. Mm-hmm. Um, now what that's translated to is it's like, because I put thousands upon thousands of arrows downrange, now like that proficiency has stayed. But the I don't want to say I don't need to practice, but like you just you well, know you the little things, things to be able to learn the next step. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you can, so you still need to practice. You still need to practice, but you you it's it comes quicker if you will. So I think that same thing with with hunting. If you the more and more you can be out there and just study these animals, yeah. experience them, go out in the yeah. woods, try the smoke thing, try the, the run into your stand thing. Yeah. Try these different things and see how the deer react and learn. And if you can go all over the country, you know, go in different areas, I think that is, that is irreplaceable. And then taking good notes on that is. Yeah. And don't be afraid to fail. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, now, I will say. Don't go and experiment with all of these strategies on the biggest buck you've ever seen, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying just, like, go out there willy-nilly, like, oh, I wonder what happens if I play music from my phone the whole time yeah. I'm in the stand. Like, no, still still be smart about it. But, like, I, there was a company, a sister company of one that I worked for, and they had a motto, fail forward. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And Love it was, that. listen, if you're going to fail, do it to where you learn and you grow from it. Yep. You know? Because honestly, that's the number one thing I've heard. I've heard NFL players talk about it. The Super Bowls that they remember the most are the ones they lost. Oh yeah. They learned more from it when they lost. Right. Well, we and, talked about that yesterday. Yeah. If you walked out and shot a, a booner from your backyard every year, like yep. it wouldn't really be that fun to hunt. You wouldn't learn anything. And if when it came time to go out, let's your buddies invite you on a hunt. And you're like, man, I'm a killer. Yeah. And then you get out there and you're like. No, no, I'm not. you know what I mean. No, I'm not. Like you, the, the experiences, the failures. Are, I mean, I can sit back and tell you exactly why some of these bucks are still living, or you know what I mean, because of mistakes that I've made. I I learned very quickly, and I even told Sam this because uh, her first Snow shot, Sam. Snow Cone Sam, Sam. Out, her first shot out of her bow, she caught her forearm. I saw mm-hmm. that. I saw that post. First <laughs> shot, Yikes. and I said, you know what? I I tried to warn her. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, get that elbow out. It, it, like she was hyper extending or whatever sure and i was like get that elbow bumped out and she did a little bit and then i was like correcting some other stuff and then boom she lets it go and just smokes it mm-hmm. i said guess what you're gonna be very aware of that from now on yeah oh yeah yep. i said if you hadn't done that the first time it's probably gonna happen a different time right and my son burned himself on a hot pan i said dude that's the i could tell him a thousand times that thing's hot He's yep. going to know, he's it's gonna remember now. <laughs> yeah. now. And the same thing happened with me. I got a single pin adjustable sight. First day shooting it. I get the tape all dialed in, right? I'm shooting at 20 all the way out to 60. I find the corresponding tape. So excited. I take it to my buddy's house for shop night. 
and we're all hanging out and set the target up. I'm bragging about my new bow and my new sight and how, how it's shooting. And thump, launch, I'm talking launch an arrow into the woods. <laughs> like way above the target. I didn't adjust it. I didn't adjust it back because I'm so used to it. I yep. was so pumped to show them, drew, draw back, settle it. And I think the farthest uh, shot I had that day was like 98 yards. And oh I'm, my gosh. I, you know, I was just hoping to hit the target, yep. but I was just like, I've never shot a bow this far. This is fun. Right. Lob and arrows. And then I go to shoot this block target at 20 yards okay. with a hundred <laughs> yeah. yard set pin. Yikes. And they're like, yeah, that's a pretty sweet bow, Dan. Yeah. I'm like, you're dialed, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and, but ever since then, I have forgot to adjust it, but I've never lobbed an arrow like that. You still like, catch it. I've done I, it. I typically deer catch it. Where I've, I've been shooting that night at 40 yards, and yeah. here he comes, 25, and yeet. There it goes. Look, See, I'm worried about that, and that's why I think I'm going to switch. I think I'm going to switch Dude, from a single pin here, adjustable. Here, I'm going to plug. Hang on, pause. Oh, let's hear it. Little plug for my boys HHA, the rise site. Yeah, that with double, double pin. pin, but it's a single pin. So it's roughly, if you sight in 20, you're about 40-ish. Mine's about 37. With the second dot. With the second dot. Okay. And uh, I, those guys are great. Yep. So I don't know if you got so, any other affiliation. So, so but what I, I do is I, when, I'm lucky that my bow actually is really good with this. I sight my, my single pin for deer season now. Outside of target shooting, you're shooting 60, 70, so you got to have it dialed past them. I take my sight and I sight it at 25, and I know how far I need to go up or down to hit 30, to hit 20, to hit 15. And honestly, my bow's great with it. I had the triax, um, but it, it it's, there's not much movement. And if I'm shaking in my boots and he's 30 and I put that 25-yard pin on him, I might be, what, an inch low? Yeah. Which is not, it's, it's still a good shot. You still know what punching I mean? vitals, yeah. Right. So that's something that I've done with my single pin. But for us to not get track on the scent control thing, my, this is well. I want to like say three this. conversations ago. What you <laughs> well, so well, you yeah. went on this no, bow tangent. So with fine, but so I believe in two things with with scent control. You can't beat a beer's no, or beers. You can't beat a deer's nose. Yeah, but I think there's guys that I think it, it definitely gives you a percentage. Maybe that deer smells you and didn't think it you were as close as you were, or. Yeah. You know, you gotta add time of year. If he's got a doe underneath him, he probably really doesn't care that he smells you. Like if you're, he's nervous now, but he's still like, he smells her more, so it's whatever. So I've always you mean like guy, like kind of like dudes, yeah. yeah like yeah. We you're hanging out with a really attractive lady, and there could be like a python curled up next to your foot, and you wouldn't even notice yeah, it. You're like, yeah. you right. know, it's hey, pretty girl. close, but yeah, you know what? She's pretty hot. I, I gotta act cool around right. her. Yeah. I know oh, there's I'm danger close. Oh, Love right. pythons. I love pythons. <laughs> I hang out with them all the time. Exactly. So, anyways, uh, what I found myself doing early on is like the scent control thing. Like that's what I was. I wanted to watch everything and do all this, and and all, uh, so much focus was on that. That like the hunting tactics and the what the what are the deer doing? Where do I need to be? The scouting part. Like I was spending more time trying to make sure my prepping yeah prepping the my scent that i you know and i didn't learn about wind you mean you can feel bulletproof because you buy certain products <laughs> yes so many people man yes. i'm like you just threw every tactic out the window because you think that this one product yeah, shields you from from failure yep, exactly but if you add that product maybe to give you a little bit better of you're still a following boost. Yeah. yeah you're still following this is in case the deer happens to get downwind but i've done the work to make sure that i'm set up where he won't get or when he does get downwind he can't smell me or yeah. whatever it is 
And so now I kind of, the only scent control that I really do during deer season is I just don't wash myself or my clothes in any kind of like real scented stuff. Yeah. So as long as I don't smell like Axe deodorant when I go out there, like that's just, you're going to smell, you're going to stink, you know what I mean? Like you can't really mask that. Mm-hmm. The fire does, to your point, like yeah. when you. I'm going to try that. I'm, when I'm, you. Well, think of how axe? bad your yeah. Axe. I'm gonna start using axe in the Listen, woods. Listen, the only time the axe smoke, works to help is when you dump bait. Just spray axe all around the corn, <laughs> and then you can start wearing axe out there, and they're just gonna oh, associate you really with corn. Look yeah. at you. It's a really good yeah. idea. Conditioning the deer. Typically, yeah, and you can also like spray your night vision scope with axe, <laughs> and that. that I will can't help. tell if you're serious or not. Oh, 100%. He's 100. I'm, I'm, I never joke. Yeah. No. Never, babe. I don't so have fun. That's kind of my look at it, really. Like, try to obviously maintain you don't smell like axe. The smoke is great because, you know, if you mm-hmm. go to a fire or a bonfire, that shirt smells your whole closet for the next week And yeah. Yeah. if you don't wash it right away. Yeah. So that's a great tactic to kind of just – even just them the second guess. Yep. Like, they, you get a hesitation out of that deer when he did smell you, and then he's kind of questioning, like, well, I smell fire. Is it is the, is the guy in the tree? Is he next to me? Is he, yep. Was he here? Was he here? Is he, you know, that yep. getting that pause instead of, I mean, we've all had it when, you know, a deer hits your scent and gone. Like, they well, and take seconds. I mean, think about it right now, right? We've got the wind actually blowing, probably making a lot of noise in the mics. But if somebody was up in that tree line having a fire right now, we would, we would smell, smell the smoke. Yep. Mm-hmm. It'd be blowing straight towards us. And there might be times where it smells like it's 10 yards from us. Yep. And times where we just catch a slight whiff of it. And it's like, if you can trick a deer's nose like that, yeah. where it's just like, I smell it, but it's a smell I smell all the time. Mm-hmm. And smoke is, I, I'm sure there's some type of study. It's got to be one of the strongest smells. Mm-hmm. On the planet. peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> you like peanut butter. That you can peanut butter and skunk. Yeah. yeah. Skunk. But I just think that that, that would be, I don't know, that's kind of the route that I've taken, yeah, and like, it's worked. I I've like had a it. lot of deer recently, and even I, so maybe it's partly the property. I've had deer come in, if if my wind is blowing at zero degrees straight in front of me, these deer come in at four degrees, mm-hmm. and they don't even stop. Right. And I'm thinking, like, dude, my wind has to be kind of spreading right there. Yeah. Like, they're they're far enough out right now. It's got to be spreading. They've right. got to catch me. Not even a second look. Mm. Yep. Until I give them the old meh, <laughs> bye-bye. Meh. <laughs> Dead. I know. I did like a gunshot. That was weird. Well, you're a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. I said <laughs> you could probably. You yeah. do it in reverse order, right? Meh. <laughs> 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 that reminds me of Despicable Me. Well, you should name the. Say the weapon after you use it. <laughs> <laughs> Lipstick pays off. <laughs> God, you're a child. I 100. percent 100. This is this is that's one gonna of my be, bosses, guys. That's going to be the <laughs> name of this <laughs> podcast episode. Lipstick taser. <laughs> People are going to be like, "What Test is this episode about?" Hunting tactics 101. How to keep yourself safe in dangerous situations. <laughs> Lipstick taser. SEO is not going to work in your favor. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a bunch of kids. <laughs> a bunch yeah. of like elementary school kids are going to listen to this podcast. Me. I think. Yeah, I think going. What's th- your scent control regimen, Tom? Uh, scent control is just I use. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Thank you. I yeah. was. I had that thought, and then I got distracted. Clearly, um, I've started you, and we just started using it at our house. And then I was like, "Hey, this is." So I use just 
uh, I buy laundry detergent that just says free and clear. So yeah. it's just it, it. That's what I use. Doesn't smell like anything. I'm like, hey, this is enough. And then I d I will say like nose jammer has been an interesting product. I think that's that's one of those things where well, you're kind of like I, the, the masking. Right, the yeah. masking. So I'm not worried. Like I hunt the wind. I don't do a bunch of products. But I I will say like nose jammer is an interesting thing. Um, and and. I just basically use it because I have it because I've had it from the past and mm -hmm. you obviously don't use I mean you don't use a whole bottle usually in a hunting season right yeah so but I wouldn't say it's it's anything religious that in you that live way. And die right by. no yeah. I, I just to me you need to understand if you, the other thing you learn I think that you should try to learn while you're out observing is what wind and thermals do out there because I think on your property you're hunting specifically. Uh, right, exactly. it's way different. I'm talking, you can be in the same bottoms, and one end of the bottoms be completely different than the other end. Right. Or up on the ridge. Well, Andy, be... you know how it is. Like, you get in the sand at 5 a.m., by 8 a.m., everything's shifted. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's different than the weather app. Yeah. You know? Wait a minute. The weather said it was going to be 15 miles an hour out of the south-southeast, and it's southeast at 16. What is wrong? Right. You know? yeah. right. But, like, it changes things. Yes. Like, it really, really changes right. things. Well, and the, the, the contour of the the property and yep. where, Tree the, cover. where the openings are at, your field edges, and, yep. like, you get – I know, like, we have a – I hunt off of a, one of the public pieces that we hunt is off of a lake. And there is there's one of the giants that I was talking about that we first started hunting on public. He lived there, and he's invincible. He, he lives in a cove. Um, well, that's the only part of the public that he uses is this cove. And he doesn't hit that cove unless the thermals are piling up. So, like, in the evenings when that when the thermals start to drop and it fills that cove up, he'll move through. He can smell three, six. I've had, I had him at 17 yards in thicket, and he wouldn't walk out of the thicket into the opening of the the uh, thing until the thermal hit, and as soon as we had like 16 mile an hour wind he couldn't smell me your day winds died thermals took over and he busted me and he would not break that cover until that thermals hit and i'm i'm, I'm watching him i mean 17 I, yards away not even Jeez. right and as soon as Heartbreak. that thermal hit he said yeet but look at look at what you just learned and to to everybody's business circle it all back like look at what you learned from that sit right. yeah it's a it's a quote-unquote failure but I you, didn't see it that way. I had a right, giant exactly. at 17 yards. Yeah, he's not on my wall. Your but, tactic work. Yep. Your your thought process, like the deer is going to be yep. here. You you learn holy buckets. These therm like how smart is that? Well, and this is the thing that I really learned about that situation is sometimes in those invincible spots to deer, if you, like what I the only reason I was in there is because we had a crazy. And what I was saying is the way this cove sits on the lake. There is, it might say south wind or north wind or east wind. It is a west wind always. Be just the way that the, the wind pushes the lake, it will push it down that cove. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can set up with that west wind, but once the thermals hit, it's over with. So my idea was if the wind is just howling, how is it that in a, sometimes it dies off a lot of the times when it's super windy like that. You don't get that day wind die, yeah. and it stays maybe an hour or two after night or whatever. That was my thought process. If he's in here... And he normally was on that wind because he could smell the whole thing. If I can came in on, come in on this side, blow my wind out the back, and it's super windy, that wind might stay all night. Well, it just happened that 
the wind wasn't going to stay all night. Now, mm -hmm. that's also to say if he wasn't comfortable in daylight with the wind moving, he could have just stood there for a nap. You know, it was right. the last 30, 40 minutes of life. Until it's he, Yeah, he would have just stayed there in the thicket and not moved. You should have brought the lipstick taser. <laughs> yeah, then you could have reached him. <laughs> I could have then he's, zapped it. Then he's not invincible. He's probably yeah. in water and yeah. thick brush, you know. Well, you could have zapped it. I could have had a hole to shoot through. Right. my shot. Right. So, um... The other th oh, that's what I thought. I had the thought, lost it. We got sidetracked, and then it came back. So, hell yeah, ADHD. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, when I like my rifle buck this year, mm -hmm. rifle buck hunted him like I would set up for a bow, and he came within thirty yards. So hey, mission accomplished. On on, and that felt great for me. But what I did, and I think it's a great tactic because it's, it's a couplefold, right? So I looked at the property, looked at the pressure, and observed it over several seasons mm -hmm. and understood through conversations and, and setting up stands and everything where pressure's coming, where the activity, where the movement of people pre-daylight is mm -hmm. set up in the only, like, area that would, you know, the, the most logical escape route from that had so much traffic coming into it yeah right and they could be 30 yards this way or 30 yards this way i've got them bang bang yep and so that i think that's a huge piece is when you're driving around or when you're walking around on whatever property learn people and to i think you talked about it too learn how they're approaching that hunting I've got property. A, yeah, I've got another property, uh, public piece. The the parking lot is so there's a right on the edge of the southern property line. There's a um, a power line mm -hmm. right away that goes like through east west, and then it drops down to this river bottom, and then it drops down to the parking lot too. So, uh, and. If you know power line right away, there's, there's always edge, great edge right there, right? And so there were some potholes right up there. So parking lot, trail goes, goes straight through the property, and then power line up top. I was like, man, I would think that there would be some daggum and deer. And I'm thinking it's a buck because I'm like, who's most concerned about, you know, what the heck people are doing that oh, are yeah. trying to come after me? Big old Well, buck. usually bucks. So I went and just belly crawled through that right that right away edge that was all popple and super thick and sure enough when you know there's a there's a just bed big bed in some thick nasty poplars everywhere with three different escape routes one across the road one back into the into the um piece and then one down actually towards the the parking lot and then rubs all over along that popple and i think that to your point, you know, you talked about it. It's like, man, he can sit up there, watch everybody park, walk down the trail, and he can go out that way. Go out that way. Go out that way, and never be seen. You know, so there, hey, park on the road, and walk. And it's literally, it's literally probably forty yards yep. as the crow flies from the parking lot. I w I want so badly to use other bad hunters as a strategy 
it to works. hunt a deer. And I've heard people talk about it. like I feel like every public. Pro- I feel <laughs> if like you're, every if you're a bad hunter, unexperienced, uh, just, just learn. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. learning hunters. <laughs> no, but there's people who yeah. just do the same thing. And like, dude, it doesn't yeah. matter. They're right. on public land. They hunt in the same exact tree every single time they go mm-hmm. out. Right. And I feel like every public land area has an old like mid '90s Dodge that's primer red and rust colored. And they Why park. Is he talking Bondo. about it right now? No, I'm just yeah, yeah. Bondo. Bondo. <laughs> they JB welded that door shut. Do you know where I hunt, sir? <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, man, I feel like every every place has a guy that goes out there. Yeah. And I'm like, you know that the deer have him pattern more than he has the deer pattern. Absolutely. And it's like if you can figure out where they're betting in comparison to where he goes in, you could almost just use him to bump use to him you. to drive the deer to you. Yep. You know, and I've heard that about escape people, route. Yeah, exactly. You find that escape route. So, and I mean, I know we started going like high level on some of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, it's just, it's. I don't even think that's really high level. I think it's just out of the box. Yeah. So like, for example, I, I killed a deer in 2019 or 18, and there's real no good way to get in this unless you're already in the property then you can kind of you know branch yourself out right well there's one two entrances in and that's it and everybody goes to the easier entrance so what i did is i went in and scouted and through the snow i found a like you said an escape route that they were using that no one else was hunting and it was really kind of hard to hunt because you were in tiny trees i was only like six seven foot off the ground and that you had two shooting lanes because it was thick brush and then it turned into thick like woods yeah so you had you basically what it was is the trail they were coming on from my tree you could see them they disappear in the the thick and then they there's your shot like you had 10 seconds to like figure it out right well what i did is there's no real way to get to that without just walking straight to it yeah. and the deer would see you if you walked from that thing so what i did wind blowing to him and everything i walked down the normal path like I like like I was going into the wood lot, I got into a, a creek and I walked that creek back to the road in the woods, came up and then circled into that spot. And so that deer seen me go into the woods thinking I went to the furthest part of the, the property. And so and I'm talking I was in the stand an hour and he got up. Re, he knows I'm in there. He got up and come to go out of the property because he seen me go in there and got shot. Dang. And like that was just like an eye opener to me. Like these deer watch you. Oh yeah. Like yeah. they, he was getting up and he was going across the road to private because he watched somebody walk in there with a bow, and he knew what that meant. My my mom and her husband are hanging out right outside the tent right now. Mm-hmm. She had a bear that had her patterned, and he would drop her off in the side by side at her tree stand. Yep. And she would go in to shoot this bear, and she would get pictures of it every day, 15 minutes after she would leave the tree stand. Well, he oh, he knew. And I told her, and unfortunately, something came up, like an event or a funeral or something came up uh, towards the end of season. And I told her, I said, this is what you do. Go out there and sit. And then have him come in 30 minutes before the end of shooting that day on the side-by-side. Stop for a minute as long as it would yep. normally take you to go over and get in. Have him leave. Yep. And see if that bear comes in. And unfortunately, she wasn't uh, able yeah, to that would have been. implement cool it. Story. But in this year, she didn't draw her bear tag. But I'm like, I'm telling you, I, I would love to to condition a deer to think it knows my pattern, yep. and then just tweak it a little bit and make it convinced that I did the same thing as I always do. If you know who you ever heard of Cameron Deerfield, yeah. So he's a buddy of mine, and he does that with his cameras. So he, he's like, a lot of guys, you know, they don't check their cameras very often. And he's like, mine's not crazy. It's every couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and don't quote me on the exact time. But 
that's what he would do. He's like, I condition these deer to think I'm coming in, I'm going, they hear me, I'm loud, I check the trail camera, they know my scent, they're used to it. And then I do that all summer during the season, and when I finally got a deer patterned, or maybe they got me a little bit patterned, he's like, I sneak in a different way, and I come mm-hmm. and set up on that stand. And he's like, a lot of times what I do, I go in, I've set my, his, he'll set his trail camera, act like he checks it, leave, go get to the truck, get dressed, and then come in the back way and sneak in, and he's hunting that camera. And then deer heard him come in and yeah. leave, so they're like, oh, we're good. We're good. He's guards down. Yeah, like you. That's that's a real fun. That's what kind of got me into the whole public land because I think the deer, like if you can pattern people and figure out how they pattern you, and then that's what I was saying, like access wise, like get creative with how you access because them deer are watching. I use kayaks a lot. We have a lot of lake that we hunt, and a lot of guys roll up on a john boat. Well, they hear that. Mm -hmm. When I come strolling them real quiet with the, you know what I mean? They don't. They don't hear that. They don't recognize it. And they see people out on there. I'll be paddling away, and they'll just watch me paddle by. Yep. And they don't care, you know. So. I think that's huge, access. Getting thoughtful and being okay with not doing what you're seeing everyone else doing, to yeah. your point. You know, that's what you're like, hey, I want to figure out my way, my style, the way I like to do it. And I think that brings so much value to your knowledge because then it's it's earned and it's and you're very self-aware of yep. what you're looking for and i think if you can learn learn the deer learn the people and learn what you need to adjust in terms of access yep. it will it will set you years ahead in mm-hmm. in terms of you know where where rightly where yeah. we're at right now well, you know what i mean yeah. and, and i think like, going all the way to the beginning like setting your expectations like for new hunters like they have to understand like this isn't going to be something you're going to figure out in a season. Sometimes you get lucky and you've got a pattern that they're going to do every year and you figure it out. But a lot of times, like, I mean, even some of the properties that I hunt now, we've been hunting for three or four years and I have aha moments at those properties, you know, every, every year I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I never thought that they would do that. And they sure as hell, I just watched them do it. Like, and now I know for this coming year, like, okay, I'm going to adjust a little bit this time frame because they're doing, they're not moving through this creek crossing like I thought they were. Maybe they're coming down that ridge over there and popping out the corner. And that's where yep. I think the note taking is huge, yep. right? I and think they remember the year, right? Because like stuff happens, memory gets lost, and for or, me it's or, film, or, right? Right. I got so a lot film, of film does, of it. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that, and but if you don't always catch the deer and that kind of stuff, I think having a a good set of notes. Yep. Um, My problem is year, I have uh, handwriting like a two year old. Like, what was me, I trying to say here? Me and yeah, me and my daughter about have the same handwriting. Yeah. So like, just I'd be do like, caveman Whoa. paintings. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably better. Deer crossing goat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deer crossing goat. Goat pass. <laughs> like, yeah, no, for real. Like I'd be like, what did? Is that yeah. a the? Is yeah. that a yeah. T? Like, so for what? most, most is that my name? Most uh, <laughs> voice memo, dude. Just voice. That's go. true. I never there thought about go. that. Yeah, I do use the camera. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's times that, like, if I'm hunting a spot and that I haven't hunted in a while and I know we've Speaking had... Speaking in the camera? Well, about I... About what happened or what? That, but, like, I'll have film of a deer doing something. And I've oh. remembered I'll be going through film maybe for a project or something and I'll find that. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. Then, like, I've re- I seen that. See? Or, you know, especially scouting. I do that a lot when I scout. Yeah. Like, here, I, this is... And I'll do it for my own self. Like, I'm here in this property in this creek crossing to the east. This is, you know, giant buck tracks here. I got giant buck tracks over there. Like, this is the kind of the triangle that I think he's moving in or, you know. Yeah. So, but the, it's the same as taking notes. Mm-hmm. And Onyx, too. I'm just teasing you. 
No, Onyx 2 can do that if you guys are Onyx yep. guys. Yep. And when you place your little marker down, take some notes. There's even places you can put pictures. Mm -hmm. So if this is the tree you want to get in, yep. take notes. It's the oak tree with the limb that's left of it that's fallen over, yep. and it's got this tree hanging to the side of it. Here's a picture. Yep. And then when you walk in there in the dark or gray light or whenever you do, you're like, oh, like I don't really know exact tree maybe, but I'm in within 20 yards. And you can look at those notes, look at the picture, and be like, that's it. That's the tree that I remember. Yeah, I think that the other thing, kind of going back to high-level high level stuff, basic stuff, I think understanding their food and yeah. deer are browsers, so they're eating. 70% of their diet. I think. Right. I think it's, that's the statistic. And there's, there's lots of people who, who, who really break down their, their um, what they're eating and, mm -hmm. and the type of food they eat, but I think, I think finding, you know, like oak flats if you're in a lot of woods. Yep. Um, but then also learning what types of under understory yeah. the and deer are going to eat right and yeah and and studying that side of it and what they're going to be eating along the way to the oak flat because it might be you know if there's not the right cover well where's the right food you know what i mean and yep. and 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 once basically once you okay this is kind of the general area then you get in and then start breaking it down even more and really fine tuning especially as a bow hunter that's what you need to do is is get into I got to be within, you know, 20 yards of this trail and that trail. How can yep. I, where's that point? So <laughs> we're looking, apparently when I podcast, I just get notes dropped off to me. Oh, old, um, old snow cone just dropped. Old a, snow cone. She's <laughs> been out here getting. How long have we been going? We've been going for a minute. Hour and seven minutes. Killing it. It's about what we did yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We haven't even got into the. The, um, the gear side. The gear side. Gear. We do this to ourselves. I think we just need to do a daily podcast, the three of us. It. We're here. We're Let's here. just do one every day. Tomorrow we'll knock out gear. Yeah. Part and that'll three, be, coming to you live. And that'll be good Fist. for Jake. Or Jake. <laughs> what if we, Jake from State Farm. Jack if, to sit in on. What if we all yeah. came back tomorrow and we just talked about all the scent control stuff that you have to have? <laughs> <laughs> it's totally flipped in. Listen, guys. If you're not you using have, this. If you're not using dead down wind and scent wafers. Oh, gosh. Now they're going to they're gonna come after you and be like. Hey, hey I, I have quit, no quit problem with dead down wind. I, I don't either. I don't have a problem with any of those companies or anything. Right. You want, right. you want to know kidding. dead down oh, wind saved us. Dead down wind saved us this year and we didn't need any scent control. For our uh, shed hunt, yeah. But what did happen is my buddy had some in his truck because he's a hunter, and it was just like in yeah. the back door of his truck. And his dog had explosive diarrhea <laughs> in the back seat of his truck. Shut the, the truck that we door. had to drive from New Mexico back to Missouri in, oh, no. and we cleaned out as much as we could. But then we sprayed the whole thing down with, with dead, dead down wind, <laughs> and it was incredible. I kid you not. This it, shit works, It was boys. amazing. <laughs> so, big That's plug to dead down wind. <laughs> As we were Thanks just saying, we don't need it. <laughs> you need to get into the pet care, in, uh, pet care. line of stuff. But Auto care. Compete with Febreze. Yeah. Yeah. That's that hilarious. Is, yeah. That's I was funny. like, dude, I was like, man, I wish we had, like, some type of scent killer. And he's like, you oh, know what? And I look over and I see that, you know, the classic orange bottle yep, with the yep. white top. <laughs> yeah. And he pulls that thing out and just. We're rocking now. That's yeah, hilarious. I think I think uh, doing another one would be sweet on gear and kind of get your take on what you've used and what yeah. works. And then we can yeah. share what's what we've got out now and what. Dude, what we're getting in that saddle yesterday and that platform. Whoo. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We're I'm, very proud of it. We've we've I mean, and not to go off track now, but. Um, We've, our heart has always been to try and give as much access to good quality lightweight gear to as many people as possible. Yeah. 
and, and keep it affordable and, too. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So the access and the affordability, I think that that's a great way um, to just keep the hunting industry healthy. Yeah. Um, for as far as like uh, the participation side of it, yeah. um, and so to to have what we have um, is really pretty special, and I'm excited to. Uh, well, and I feel blessed to just be a so part of a going. company that's doing that, and that really is like part of a tool that, like, I mean, I, I have to tell people all the time, like, yeah, I'm sponsored by XOP and all that, and they've done a lot for me. But if they drop me tomorrow, like, I really couldn't tell you where I would go. Like, yeah. I would probably, even if it wasn't on the content side for XOP and stuff, like, I still feel like I, that would be the tree stand that I would, Use. I would want. Like, if yeah. I was a kid and I wasn't in this position, that's still what I would want to use especially yeah. the stuff that we came out this year yeah. yeah dude i'm excited yeah let's dude same time tomorrow same all time right. same place sounds good right before all the music starts right before <laughs> right before the helicopters start landing the trains start going by <laughs> yeah we're gonna get out uh in the get morning out and shoot too. in the morning that's what you told me yesterday you're gonna come? I technically i said either tomorrow friday or saturday i think I or did know. i commit I, I think you committed. It was did I? I was kind but of. But I, I also took your number down wrong. Yeah. And so I texted you <laughs> twice, and I got that yeah, message back that said like, "This, this is, is a landline. Yeah. Like, you can't, you, you can't, can't text <laughs> this number. Basically, like, hey, dummy." And so I, I drove the golf cart down to our tent this morning, found the notebook that you wrote it in, yeah. and immediately realized that I had the wrong number. So, so we were both off basically this yeah. morning. Yeah. Last night. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm, I felt I'm for sure going in the morning, yeah. whether we leave yeah. the old man at home because he can't get up early or what. Well, and if we uh, don't get rain today, me. then yeah. hopefully those back courses dry out. I heard they were swampy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. So we'll do that, and we'll video that. And, and, yeah, that'd uh, be a lot of fun. Get you, uh, get you a cameraman. So. We'll see. We'll see how the we'll see how the uh, test. Bofest, that's what it's really. Bofest it's going to be. Turns out, yeah. It's going to be the Nick Queen is, interview with no, uh, uh, the nomadic outdoorsman yeah. interview for Nick Queen. This is my uh, what is this? Is your tryout? Yeah, interview. Audition. audition. My interview. Audition. audition. Okay. audition. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I just want to keep talking, so I. I know. You always want to. I know. I got. I fun. got a message from my wife. New recording at one forty-five with a vendor. There we go. So apparently she's just booking, she's booking people it. now, Look at and it. I had You no got a idea. bookie. She's my bookie. Look at she's laughing. Snow, my snow cone. Get it. <laughs> We're yelling at here. It's probably horrible for the audio. <laughs> I'm going to think of all of the nicknames we've come up. She's Wifeager. Snow cone, Sam, sex secretary. <laughs> that was, that, was, that one got me. I was like, uh oh, I don't know if you can keep oh, that she... on the cast here. <laughs> she's, hey, gonna, a, she's a good sport. Right, yeah. right, right. Sport, that's the new one. Huh? Sport. sport. Yeah. Come here, sport. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a list of nicknames mm. for you. Yeah. We're just that's what you should do is, is you should have a whiteboard. That of uh, uh, that just grows throughout each show. Yeah. Like you know, or event when you're at the event, start Sam's nickname, <laughs> and then just as you. Snow cone Sam. You know how people have all those prefixes before their name, like yeah. doctor, <laughs> reverend, and it's just all of her Yeah, AKAs. Snow cone. Sport and snack. I just can't wait till she fills <laughs> oh, out like a rent. Oh, you sexitarian. Sexitarian. Was that before you other? hit recording? Or record or after? I don't, I it was before, I think. Before. Was it? Well, so now, now it's on. Now Shoot, now. now it's actually officially on. There and you go. <laughs> Everyone's like, what kind of perv? <laughs> <laughs> Pervy uh, old man Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and his, uh, the thing that's got me, I think, all weekend is our, 
I don't I want to say stupid orange glasses, <laughs> but they're also really cool. Like they're so I'm like You want to know what I've officially dubbed these glasses? What? My Powerline glasses. <laughs> 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 From the Goofy movie, yeah, right? Yep, 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 yep. I'm with yeah. I, I saw him and I was like, okay, this guy's either either A, he does Total tool. No, no, no. no. He, he doesn't care what people think. You know, he's one of those. That's mostly it, yeah. That, Two, it. he's absolutely goofy as all get out. Yeah, that's or true. three, the 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 tool bag. Yeah, and so <laughs> and we voted tool bag. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which we is why it. you keep we, coming and hanging right, out exactly, at exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> No, we, we voted the funny, cool uh, guy who doesn't care, which is yeah. people we like. What, so. what it really comes down to is I go to Walmart, and each time I go there, I buy five pairs of $12 glasses yeah. okay. because I break them all the time, and mean. my kids break them. And or he when my them. son wrestles me, the first thing to go is hat and glasses, even though that's the only rule of wrestling. Don't, don't. touch hat and glasses. <laughs> first thing, boom, chucks him. Somebody steps on him. They break. Oh, yeah. And so I, the last time we went to Florida, I bought five pairs. Er, Four pairs of glasses. Yeah, a lot. This is the only one made Survivor. that made it after one week. <laughs> I was going to ask how long. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, look at it. It's like a tank, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are full frame glasses right there. I'm the same way. Too. I used to buy spy glasses. My yeah. uncle raced pro motocross. So I got them at a discount, but they were still expensive. Yeah. And I broke them all the time. Like, yeah. why am I spending money on yeah. this? Casey yeah. sunglasses, it. it is, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Just yep. gas station. Actually, I, dude, speaking of glasses, I picked one up from. Uh, Hunt brand. Yeah, he's tent. right here. Yeah, is he, it? Oh, you well, got your. Well, they, they, they I don't know. They got left. I I literally booth, grabbed so I, some yesterday oh, when I went over there and Tom I don't even have yours. them. Oh, those are they mine. Were, yeah, they were left. Ours were they were oh. left on our table and I, I forgot my, I them. forgot mine today. So, so, he's I so that's these. what happened. Is you you suckered me into trying out your. Your yeah, saddle, so and then you're like, all right, hey, when he sets his stuff from his real pockets game. on the table, just hide it real You know quick. the worst part? The now real, you know what the, not to do at the XOP yeah. booth. Yeah. The, re, the <laughs> real winners in this situation is the Hunt brand because I felt bad. I was like, hey, do you mind if I, like, I'm just going to wear these, don't know how they got yeah. left here. She's like, yeah, you can just have them. I'm like, so I gave her a, a little roll of our hush tape. Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? So, so now she's the real winner. We owe it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I well, got good luck. Hashtag. I mean, good luck. You gotta have, get better content. You gotta produce. <laughs> Wait, a hold on. More. Wasn't this the same guy you were voting for, climbing right, up the right. thing, and this now is, you're not even giving him called, hashtag this, for winning? This is how you motivate. <laughs> the, He's a motivator. You have to call me the Mountain Master <laughs> from now on. I can't wait. The for NG, that. the National Guard we, Mountain Master. We, st the we still gotta get master. your. Is your, that National Guard or straight up army? Yeah. No, they're guard. army national. Oh, okay. Yeah. We gotta get your player stance. Uh, dude, for the video, so we got to. Well, I need sure to, to jump, those. and you do like the still frame as I spin, like player one, and I'm <laughs> ding, like ding, just ding. levitating oh, yeah. and spinning around. Oh, that <laughs> would be cool. Yeah. Look at you, TikTokers, know all that's these. Right. Vine. No, dude, that's Vine. That's that old is Vine. Vine. That's is it really? TikTok. Uh, yeah, Vine used to do that, where you like the people would jump up and they just take a shot of it, yeah. like yeah, all the way through their house, and it just looks like they're floating, but they're like floating. Yeah. Funny story about Vine. I got shot over, or got shot at over Vine. What? So my buddy used to drive. We like, he lives in by De Chicago. Well, oh, it's yeah. Decatur, but there's a lot of hood around. Yeah. yeah. And we would go through the hood, and my he had a pretty famous like uh, TikTok or not TikTok, but uh, Vine, Vine over yeah. it. And he'd go around to people just out in the hood. I mean, not just the hood, but we were it was yeah. funnier in the hood. Yeah. And he'd roll down the window and be like, "Do for the Vine," and they would yell at us or do something goofy, yes, right? Yes, I remember. 
I'm talking like a 14 year old kid pilled out a Mac and <gasps> wah, 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 and we're shut the, up. Yeah, oh we're on our way gosh. to church. Not meet Jesus. I need to go like pray to Jesus. We were we were in a reverse drive by <laughs> yes. doing a vine on the way to church. There's probably only one person in the world that Ever. can say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he That's... has a video, so I'll have to get it from him because oh we have gosh. proof of it. We may need to post that on your page. Yeah, that may get you banned. Yeah, I don't know how that probably would get you banned. Blur their face. Yeah, well, go. this we'll was, respect. dude, we were, <laughs> we were teenagers. So. I did it for the, he's like, for come the on, dude, I did it for the vibe. What do you want me to do, bro? Yeah, this yeah. is the best content you've ever got. <laughs> well, let's just say his dad was not very happy because we were in his vehicle and it has a few bullet holes in it. Oh. Oh. Not oh the fake gosh. sticker ones. No, we're talking yeah. like we had to explain how to cool our parents. Oh yeah. All like, of our, I was in a Jeep, and, or my family was in a Jeep He's like, how Jeep cool club. they were. Are they not cool? Right, I right. Take exactly. Yeah. No, we have real ones, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get real ones. We used to have them in our Jeeps yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at the club. Anyways. That's awesome. Good old Vine. Well, we better stop. We got to get back stop. to work. Richard's going to be mad at us. We just have to make sure to post this like way after. <laughs> right. The, and say that we you took this, an hour. Oh, that's what we'll have no, to say. No, you just have to sell a lot more. Right. So we'll, we well, we'll just say Think it was after it. hours. We'll tell Richard it was after hours. Not well, now we know. to this episode. Right. Now we <laughs> have to make sure to get that in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, I'm just letting you know Tom's, all the Tom's idea. He, he's holding me at my yeah. <laughs> This He's going to look it up like. What time was the storm <laughs> rolling through? <laughs> <laughs> Two days, three days in a row? Four you don't days. have to be Sherlock Holmes right, to know that right. you did this while you were supposed to be at your booth. <laughs> That's the good, funny. This is it's more marketing. A, well, it's, it's, marketing. A media, yeah. it's a media weekend. We're having a it's meeting. Marketing. This is a meeting right I'm going to expense out everything. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I should have ordered food, right. man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here's my right. receipt. Reimbursement. You guys are using Nick, right? You guys want his time. You, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And then we'll go. just expense yeah. that. We'll track that back. This was this was my interview. Thanks, that, exactly. no. Tomorrow's the oh. audition. You're hired. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interview, okay. then audition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You missed it. He's auditioning for a cameraman at the when we go shoot. And then oh. we're going to do a Sweet. whole... Which is funnier because I'm shooting the bow and Jack's my apprentice to run the camera. So this works out. <laughs> we're going to do a whole season of actual auditions, though, from the field and then okay. I'll let you then know. You let you know. <laughs> <laughs> you figure it out. It, it is better to to uh, hire a hunter as a cameraman. Yeah. And if obviously, you're hunting, yeah. you don't have to teach Well, they know, like, camera. perspective angles, yeah. like, you know, what's the goal of being out there shooting? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm not in your and, way and, and making yeah. noise or, you know, like, you're... Uh, and he's really small, too. I mean, I feel so like I'm like pretty good. Fits I'm in your pocket. He's like... <laughs> barely. <laughs> fits in your pocket. <laughs> Dang. I work out, guy. <laughs> I work out. <laughs> Sweet. Well, That's thanks awesome. again, guys. Yeah. Why does it have to end? That's what I just feel like. Because you're going to get fired. Well, well now we need a third booth. one because we got to talk to your well, product we guys. We decided <laughs> we're going to do one, one every day. We're gonna do a, we'll just do a daily one. Sweet. Yeah, okay. Daily this podcast. is our lunch break that's turned into a two-hour lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> it was 30 minutes. What are you talking about? I'm just going to speed this up to two times <laughs> in the editing. We were only there for 36 minutes, man. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. I like it. All right. More to come. Stay More tuned. Good cliffhanger. Stay tuned. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, I had a ton of fun hanging out at BowFest with Nick and Tom. Speaking of which, if you guys want to come up to BowFest next year, come hang out, shoot the courses, hang out at the concerts, maybe even sit down and do a live podcast in the booth with me, go online and register now. It's code NOMAD24, and you will get those ticket prices down from $89.99 to $79.99. And I will let you know, there will be price increases as we get closer to next year's event. So hurry and go do that. Register, let me know you did, and we'll plan a meetup when I'm up in Wisconsin for that. Also, 
I can't wait to get up to Wisconsin. I mean, every trip to Wisconsin is awesome. But beginning of October, I'm going to be hanging out with the XOP crew. And if you're looking for a new stand, a new saddle, they've got all kinds of stuff. They've got climbers, hang-on stands, saddles, harnesses, a ton of awesome accessories to help you get your gear back into the woods. They've even got turkey vests and seats. So go check out XOP and use code NOMADIC for 10% off site-wide. You'll be glad you did. Good luck this season. Hopefully, as you're listening to this, maybe you're listening a day late and I'm already drawn back on one of my target bucks. Who knows? Stay tuned for next week's episode to find out. And until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.